0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
1: Well, welcome back. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good holiday. Um, we've been here already. Uh, the person next to you was in church last Sunday. They might be willing to share their notes from last Sunday with you. Um, but we had a good time. We spoke about, We spoke about the spirit of counsel. Getting divine perspective and all that. Yeah, all right. Um, the, the Holy Spirit led the scripture. I just read it out. Isaiah fifty-eight and verse twelve. I don't know who this is for. I said to Dami before service started how that when I was in the university, a friend of mine, Lilian, once wrote this scripture on the post-it and put on one of my notes for me, and it it spoke to fifty-eight and twelve, spoke to my heart quite a bit. Isaiah chapter fifty-eight and verse twelve. I read from the NIV says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. It says, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. I read in the NKJV, it says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. I pray for that person, that God will make your life... um, That's not an amazement. That's a good word, right? I use that correctly. Amazement. Your your life will amaze people. God will use your life to amaze people and to amaze you. And that um, while it's difficult now to reconcile your past and where you believe your future is, that God will do that which he wants to do in your life. And that this scripture will be fulfilled in your life in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. All right, uh, Life Point was won last week. We just want to give all glory, all glory to God, all glory to God, and, and I want to thank everyone. It's Life Point is such a fantastic church. To Pastor, um, the people here let me trochee at them, <laughs> they shade back at me, but I have been very fascinated by you know seeing us walk down this path. Uh, I've seen people dip in their faith. People get born again. People get baptized. People get baptized in the Holy Ghost. People get healed. I've seen people um, develop their love walk. I've seen people find their gifts. And um, people serve. And I've seen people just come to church, which is also fine. Um, But I want to thank everyone. It means a whole lot to me. Uh, Sharing with the leaders last week that last year has been transformational. Uh, I like how people have then developed their own patterns. Some people have their specific seats in this auditorium that nothing, nobody can take from them, you know. And I just like everyone who comes and want to thank you. So can we just appreciate everyone at LifePoint, please, this beautiful... And we also appreciate this gentleman who plays the keyboard for me every, <laughs> every Sunday. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Good. Um, this morning I speak about the comforting ministry of the Holy Spirit or just the spirit of comfort if you don't want to write a long title. Just the spirit of comfort. Um, let me say this. So pain is a real, is a reality in life. I like how in the, in the, in P-G English, when we want to ask someone, where are you hurting? What do we say? Speak out. All you bad people speak out. <laughs> where, oh come on, not with an accent. Where did they pain you? Okay. Help to so help me ask your uh it the person sitting next to you, your best non when you both accent, where did he pain you? And you are still put it for them Just ask them very well, where okay, where is he paining you? <laughs> okay. And uh, one of the things that Jesus promises about the Holy Spirit says, I will send you another comforter. Um, as a Christian, one of the things I never want to do is to use church language that I can't understand. So, for example, we say, oh, the glory of God is here. And we say, okay, so what is the glory of God? Like, eh, you know that's the, the glory. But we don't, you know, sometimes we use this. I was, Ah, oh, this the anointing was strong. My God, I've never felt such anointing. So what's the anointing? You know, when, when God is there, you know. You <laughs> so, so I'm always curious to ask, so what does it mean? So when he says, I'll give you another comforter, I was, you know, I'm, I'm like, so what does it mean to be comforted? and um one of the things that kept on resonating in my heart this week and for particular reasons this last two days is the fact that pain is real um there are things which do not classify i uh, don't categorize as pain if you uh uh, if you support like a foot, like acid oil, for example, that's not pain. That's just foolishness. You're just walking your own journeys. <laughs> you know, I'm, I used to be an acidol, fan, I'm recovering. So I'm telling you for free. Don't worry. If you, as a lady, wear uh, high heels, high heels like that, and you're spinning, you that's not really pain. That's it's self-inflicted, you know, stuff. But 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 there are things which genuinely cause pain in life. And the person who you asked a couple of minutes ago where they pain you, if they tell you their story, you might change your seat. If they tell you, sometimes they can't tell you because you cannot understand it. And the fact that I can't understand your pain does not make it less pain. The fact that it doesn't touch me like that does not mean it's not real. And, And... God is very specific about the words that he uses. So when he says that the Holy Spirit will be another comforter, he's very, very specific. And I like, you know, I like that concept. And we'll just examine it um, a bit this morning. I'll read out from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 to 4. The Bible says the blessed be God. God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, I love that, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. When you read uh, 2 Corinthians also 7 to 6, it says, nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, OK? Um, and I know, you know the way in our bodies, we need to be able to feel physical pain and pleasure because it helps us to navigate um, our physical experience on the earth. It's the same way there are certain things we also feel on the inside that help us uh, navigate the non-physical parts of our experience in life. But one thing I find is that pain, negative emotions, stress, all that pressure can sometimes try to drive us away from the presence of God. From the place where we are comfortable in God, where we are at rest in God. And one thing I'd like to say this morning is that the Holy Spirit's comfort is key to us remaining faithful in all seasons of life. And so if as a, as a Christian you do not learn to receive, to desire and then to receive the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it's difficult for you to be stable at every t- uh, season of, in, in your life. Um, in fact, sometimes when you do not receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it's hard for you to settle in God's dealings. And so we would, you would then try to extricate yourself from everything that looks as if... Um, it's uncomfortable, okay? And I'm going somewhere with all this. Um, in fact, as I wrote my notes, I kept saying "Look, there was something that Jesus received from God. There was something that Jesus had that allowed him to go through the cross. There was something that Jesus had that allowed him to go through the cross. I couldn't understand how you live the first couple of years of your life having people say, oh, look, you might not be your father's child. Not so bad. And then, you know, you're a carpenter. I don't know what rank, you know, carpentry was in the social status at the time. But you're going through all that, and then your time of unveiling shows up. And then, you know, your cousin, John the Baptist, who is a big guy in town, got fancy leather jackets, fancy diets, everyone is struggling to follow him, he set the pace for what is new religious practice. He's baptizing everywhere, and John the Baptist says, "Guys, I'm not the one to so lose the one." You know, so he bombs, and then you, as as we say, this day, this time, this day and age, Jesus blows. He, you know, he becomes a big deal. You know, all those guys that used to look down on him, carpenter, they just look ah, everywhere. i not Jesus. i not Jesus. It's a big deal, and he's just, you know, he has blown. You know, and in fact, at his baptism, fireworks, everything. This is my son. Ah, you know, it's the whole deal. And then three years of just fantastic ministry, healings, you know, people were hung, there's a wedding, you went for a wedding, the caterer messed up, you sorted it out. Somebody died, raised him up. Said, uh, what's the other one? This guy is about to die. He was, you know, so... And just imagine what it was being Jesus' disciple in the day, but then imagine what it was to be Jesus. You were in charge anywhere, anywhere you went. In fact, people were even struggling to touch the hem, just the hem, of his garment. And then all that, you know, in a couple of days, just flashes by so quickly. From Judas, who you chose yourself, fed, let take money out of the treasury. If even the other disciples desert you. The same people who you healed, who you fed, leave you. And and it's I, So I wonder, what did Jesus have that allowed him to go through the cross? And then they say you have to go through the cross. So it's not, you know, a physical pain, if you're not anticipating it, sometimes can be bearable. But when they tell you, I don't know if it happened to any of you uh, lucky children, in those days When your mom tells you, I'm going to beat you when I come home. So you, are, you can think of the pain already. So you, that's the torment already, yeah? And so for Jesus, he knew what was coming. And so I couldn't understand why, how they put him on the cross. They didn't just tie him to the cross. They are abusing his body. They're breaking his body down. He's in pain. They're nailing him. And he's blessing people. And he's blessing. He's telling the guy next to him, don't worry, you'll be with me. I said to myself, nobody's going with me to paradise, man. I'm going if I was him. <laughs> if I said to my friend during the week, if I was him on the cross, I probably got into a point where I just say, All the healings, I re- I retrieved them. <laughs> all all the healings. They keep let them go back. I'm not doing this anymore. Just, I retrieve all. Everybody I fed, every, you know, and I said there was something that Jesus had on the inside. And and that's the picture that comes to my mind when we Think about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Stephen, how does he look at impending death and still be receiving revelation from God? So they're about to stone this man. They're about, and the guy is talking about, oh my goodness, I see heaven. I see. Like, Are you for real? So Jesus in John 14, 16 to 18 says, I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you. I like how he says, further down, that I will not leave you, uh, in verse 18, one translation says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Another translation says, I will not leave you comfortless. I remember when my mom lost her, so she was probably in her 50s, Lost her, her, she lost her father first and lost her mom, and she says to my father, I'm now an orphan. Like, really? Like, you're, you know, but what it, I've got a friend who's you know, lost her parents at a very early age, And it's a defining experience. Uh, Because at that stage, you don't have someone to help you improve how you feel. You don't have someone to help you interpret the experiences you are going through. Someone to answer your questions. And someone to even protect you. Uh, And Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I would not leave you to deal with the pain that is real in life by yourself. Um, the fact that you are Christian does not mean you will not deal with pain. But God has not called us to a life that is filled and driven by pain. It's very important because some people get to a place where they begin to love their pain. It's very important. Uh, I probably said this a couple of weeks ago, that God will not change everything that we are going through, but he will change us. Uh, He desires to change us through the things that we are going through. Uh, He doesn't necessarily promise that everything will be good. But he does promise that everything will work together for our good. Right, so how does the Holy Spirit minister comfort to us? I've got three points. I'll just mention them quickly. Tulu has one point, and he will mention it also. And I'm not joking. We had this discussion, so... (laughs) Okay, first is that... um, if you're making notes, the Holy Spirit gives us a divine perspective to past and present negative experiences. He gives us a divine perspective to past and present negative experiences. Um, it's, it kind of ties with what we spoke about last week. When you read the book of Philippians, they tell you that Philippians is one of the they call it the, one of the happiest books in the Bible because. The word joy is repeated quite a bit. I think it's about 16 times or so in the book of Philippians. And then they tell you that Paul wrote the book of Philippians when he was in jail. And so there is a way the Holy Spirit enables you to process the things that you are going through now, all that you have gone through in the past, but allows you... see a different side of the matter. So Jesus will look at two people, I think once at Jairus' daughter, then at Lazarus, and say, look, they are not dead. They are asleep. A separate, very different perspective to it. So there was something Paul saw about his life, about the things that he was going through, that enabled him to write a book or, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit that was full of joy. And, you know, for me this morning, I just wonder, I know all of us have our different experiences, from the person who has been traumatized by bad parenting to the person who was sexually abused at a very young age, to the person who just didn't do well, to the person who battled with physical ailments, to the person who made critical, huge mistakes that slowed down their lives, all that pain, all those experiences, would you let the Holy Spirit give you God's perspective on them? Would you let the Holy Spirit gives you, give you God's ex- you know, perspective on them? Um, you know, James says, to count it all joy when you encounter divers. So there's a way you can, there's a different way where you can look at what you have been through. You can look at where you've been. And the things that have happened to you. I like 2 Kings 6. The prophet talking to his servant, uh, 2nd Kings 6, 15 to 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold an host and, and compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17 says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round Around round about Elisha. So, this is important for me. So, help me ask the person next to you again where are they pain you, <laughs> and tell them the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you. Okay. Um, second point, and I'll try and tie all of them together very quickly. The Holy Spirit seeks to replace past negative experiences. With new positive experiences. Sounds like a formula, but kind of. Just follow me. He wants, so, so there are things which have happened in our lives. And the pain of those things, and happening currently for some people, the pain of those things will be dealt with by God. By the beauty of things that he will bring forth in your future. And, and so the promise that God holds out to you is that there are things which will happen in your life that will make the things which are currently bringing sorrow look irrelevant and unable to hurt you. Um, he will give someone, and that's a, I, I wrote that in my note, new memories. He will give someone new memories. Because for someone, you, the predominant memory of your life is one that gives you pain. It will give someone new memories. There's something I call G50-20 moments. G50-20. And I get that out of Genesis 50 and verse 20, where Joseph is able to look at his brothers and say, but as for you, you meant evil against me. He says, but what? But God meant it for good in order to bring it about to this day to save many people alive. I call them my G50-20 moments. When you're able to look back at the things that have happened and say, oh wow, but look at the things that have now happened. And for someone, that's how the Holy Spirit wants to bring you comfort. In fact, there was a scripture that Tola read this morning. Um, I think it is a message. It was John, John 16 and verse 20, 20, 20, 21. Yeah, Tola, what's it? Tell us, please, quickly. Yes, what was the phrase? It was a phrase we were looking at because it kind of res- resonated with this. <laughs> Went to Lufthansa, you tell us. Okay, but there was, so if you read John, John, if you put it up for us, please. So John 16, verse 21 in the message. It says, when a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. The new life in this world wipes out memory of the pain. And I like that. I love that phrase. I like how in Isaiah he says, you know, sing, barren woman, who was never born child. He says, because more are the children of she who was without child, more are children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband. And for someone here, you, you need to let the Holy Spirit take charge in your life. And, and I don't know, you, you know exactly where it hurts, where it's hurting, where, it's, where the pain has come from. Because he wants to comfort you by giving you positive, new experiences. Okay, so those two I've put on the table. And there's a third one. There's, a last, there's two more. Um, so he wants to replace, give us a divine perspective to past and present negative experiences. And then he wants to replace past negative experiences with positive ones. Okay. Let me ask your neighbor, would you let God comfort you? Okay. Um, Let's welcome Tolo Adilowo. He's going to take the the third one. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come, 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 come. Run, run, run. Okay. And then I've got one last one. Stop walking like a man of God. (laughs) Run.
0: Welcome everyone to church. (laughs) So the third point is it grants us the capacity to generate positive emotions regardless of the circumstances. Um, There's a verse in the Bible that says, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness, the gladness for mourning, peace for despair. And that is what the spirit of God does. (laughs) So... um, Paul says you know one of the fruits of the spirit is peace and joy and i don't i don't believe i don't believe that peace and joy is only when the times are good see because when the spirit is when the spirit is with us is with us even during when the times are not good and the times are good but if one of the fruits of the spirit is peace and joy then what that means is That even during the turbulent times, even during the times that the same things are really tough, that fruit of the Spirit, that is when that fruit of the Spirit is actually really, it really manifests. We don't, we can't really say that fruit of the Spirit is manifested when things are good or whatever. So that is when we see the fruit of the Spirit, when, you know, there's turbulence and that's what the fruit of the Spirit does. So that's, for example, we see Paul and Silas who were in prison. And everyone knows that they were in prison and they were going to possibly be killed the next day. I mean, they didn't know what their fate was. But yet we see that they were singing and praising God. During, and that that is a turbulent time, right? That is, I mean, any I don't know if anyone's been in prison yet, but that 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 is a tough time, to be honest. I've not been in prison, but I think it is. But to be able to sing while you're in prison, when, when it looks hopeless, I mean, the, the people who were disciples with them, their apostles at the time, they were somewhere else praying. They were not with them. And so to be able to sing when it feels like you've been deserted and there's absolutely no hope and you've been pushed against the wall, that is the fruit of the Spirit. That is what the Spirit does. That is the comfort the Spirit gives. So that is my point, I think.
1: <laughs> Let's
0: Thank you. Let's
1: put our hands together for Toulouse. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, and, and that is that's an important point because um, as a Christian, I'm not content with... Letting things just lie on the pages of the Bible. I want to be able to see them in my life. And and this morning, one of the things I'd like us to pray for, after I explain the last point, is for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Um, I sense that there's, there's a lot of pain that people have to deal with. Some of the pain you can't really define. And this is not me trying to be fancy. It's about the fact that even before you were born, God ensures that the Holy Spirit has the ability, the willingness, the equipment to comfort you. So it's about the way you see the things that you are going through and have gone through. It's about the promise. Uh, so when, when Jesus is born, he says, joy to the world. And how does that happen? It says to Mary, says that the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow you will come upon you. And like Tolus rightly said, there's experiences, there's, there's almost like a way from our inside, the Holy Spirit wants to give us the ability to be positive emotionally, regardless of the things that are on the outside. So while he's working on the things that you are dealing with, for someone, I think you've postponed your joy for a long time. you said, I will be joyful when I get married. I'll be joyful when my G-Wagon comes. I will be joyful when this happens or that happens. But I think that someone needs to say to the Holy Spirit, to God, at this is my year of joy. This is my year of peace. And refuse for anything until I receive. I can't have the comforter and go through another 365 days of pain. My last point for this morning, let's try and tie this together. This one, I struggled with to explain. I know it, but I struggled with to explain. And I is the fact that one of the ways the Holy Spirit comforts us is that He He inspires amazing understandings and expressions of God's love. This is what I mean. So He, he brings us effectively to a place where love is not just a feeling, love is not just something you hear them sing about on the radio where love becomes a lifestyle and a way of thinking. So when you read through First Corinthians 13, Apostle Paul is not describing an emotional experience or transaction. He is describing a lifestyle. He's describing a way of thinking. Help me ask your neighbor and say, Are you in love? Uh, people are blushing. Ask your neighbor, are you in love? Yeah. That's all I said you should ask them. i <laughs> have now seen some ladies just explaining furiously about what Chine do did. Just relax, relax, okay? And love is like, love is a completer. Mrs. Adela, your husband only preached to one point. Relax. <laughs> Because she's just constantly just telling him, you did so well, excellent. I'm like, relax. I'm preaching the rest of the message. <laughs> and and pain has a way. In fact, pain is a sign that stuff is breaking up. And love is a healer. In fact, the way the Holy Spirit put this in my heart was that he he helps us to love our way out of pain, out of bitterness, out of sadness out of depression out of pain so the scripture we read in second corinthians speaks about god comforting us so that we can comfort others and i remember saying oh but that means that first we must receive the comfort before we then comfort other people and but that didn't align with what God was laying in my heart, in the sense it it wasn't the complete picture, and this is how He painted it to me, and, and I just hope, you know, just hope you know you get what I'm saying. Is that as you go out of your way to try and provide comfort and love to other people, love as a way of thinking and as a lifestyle, that you find that you have to receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to love people even when it's illogical, when it's undeserved, when it's uncool, and even when it's sometimes illegal. I mean, Jesus constantly will break protocol to speak with the Samaritan woman who had I don't know, four or five husbands. And, you know, had one friend with benefits that she was currently hanging out with. And Jesus would, even us. Now, we've read the book. We've read that story already. Just imagine you meet a guy. The guy says, ah, I've been married five times. Your heart, just, ah, you're going to hell. That's <laughs> Before you catch yourself, if you're not, okay, well, I know you want to, but you know your heart is like, ah! No, you're going to hell. There's no way. But, but Jesus, there's something about he, he sits down with her. In fact, he shares so much with her that she heads up into town and literally converts a whole city. Jesus defends a woman who's been caught in adultery and she's about to be killed by a mob of religious people I like how Paul says in first Corinthians 13 that so much, no matter what I say what I believe what I do he says I'm bankrupt without love so what how does this work tie it together so the Holy Spirit wants to take you and help you understand what love is love is not just a feeling it's not just what happens when is there a doing the choir? There's no chin in the choir. Okay, so I'm safe today. What happens when you see chin in the choir and you can't talk, your hair is standing, your heart is beating, your eyes are closing, you're feeling off, flush, you're blushing, you're stammering. That's not what's love. That's not, no, that's not love. It's high blood pressure maybe, but that's not love. <laughs> that's not love. People say, I'm in love. Oh, my God, I'm in love. I just met this, this girl. She takes my breath away. As asthma yeah <laughs> as, as, as but but true love and and I, I pray I've been praying I pray that someone gets this look eh, you cannot be spiritual you cannot be a Christian without walking in crazy love you can't you can't it is the definition of our faith and it is, for a lot of people, it is the key to your healing. And the Holy Spirit has been trying to get your attention. So someone believes that they need to see a therapist. And I say this, I, I do have a friend in service who has told, so it's not you, I'm not trying to that, you know. Someone thinks they need to see a therapist. You don't. You, you just need to walk in love. Your, your walking in love will create, it will break down fences. Ephesians 5, uh, Ephesians 3, I just read this, let's put this together, okay. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. It says, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you been. and because so when you say, when, when people think about what is the work of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, in our world we've been taught when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, first thing you do is you fall on the ground we talk about the anointing and then he lets you cause your enemies to die but here he says strengthened with might by the holy spirit in your inner man why that christ may dwell in your heart by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth the length the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul simply says here, one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, and I'm praying that he does this in my life, is to bring me to, because you know there's a way you can just talk. Say, God loves us, and it's meaningless, because it doesn't, there's nothing in that. When I say to you that, or oh, God loves me, I can, t- I can explain what that means. I can tell you, I have, I have documented history, facts, dates. When I tell you that my father, my earthly father loves me, I can tell you. When you say God loves you, what does it mean? So Paul says here, the Holy Spirit wants to give you the dimensions. length, breath, depth, height. And then he wants to cause you to come to a place where love is not just an emotional experience but a way of thinking and a lifestyle. And I believe that a lot of people don't receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit because they have not allowed him prod them to walk in love. Um, I don't know if this works for you, if this applies to you. I'm encouraging a number of my friends to come up with love projects. And I'm saying, look for someone in your family, someone you, a friend, someone you don't acquaint, and love them to the place, without saying to them, I'm about to love you, no. <laughs> so, but love them to the place where they just tell you, Chief, what is it? I'm, I'm serious, so they, they come to you, they get, until they come to the place. So it means that you will have to understand what their love language is, how they perceive love. You would have to pray for them. And for some people, there are people in your family who you must make a love project this year. If you have to buy something for them, if you have to give them something, if you have to if it's service, I don't know what it is. And, and, and it's, not some, it's not a mechanical, canal, physical thing. It's something that the comforter needs to help you do. So maybe it makes sense now why Jesus on the cross is blessing people. Maybe it makes sense now why Jesus on the cross is telling them what to do with his mom maybe it makes sense. Because maybe he was just creating capacity to receive strength. So there's someone who feels very battered and you have proof. You have the scars on your body, on your mind, wherever. You have proof that you have pain. But God says, would you let the comforter give you a new understanding Of the things you're going through, would you let the comforter work in you to produce the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace? Would you let the comforter create new positive experiences in your life? Because some people just get stuck on what happened and refuse to see whether they can go on. I know the last relationship was horrible, but would you let the Holy Spirit and you make the new relationship, the next one, a a thing of beauty? I don't know if you've ever broken up with someone before it was bad. You thought the world's going to end. You didn't eat for days. Then you met someone. And you know, your mind, in fact, oh, I can't say that example. They, they, might, they might understand. But <laughs> no, no, it's a personal one, but then I'll be speaking about someone in my life. But, you know, when, people look, when you then look back and go, I must have been crazy to have been worried that Falake walked out of my life. Look at what the Lord has done. I, I, and I, you, know, you know, you just you just like, ah, God saved me. <laughs> you know, when you drive in traffic and you see your, no, that's not. You see your, you see your ex, and you're like, ah, God, you are too much. Ah, no, Lord, you are too much. <laughs> if that helps you understand what I was trying to say, yes, okay, yes. But well, you shouldn't really walk past your ex and feel like that. But if that helps you understand what I'm trying to say, just let's try and agree. But then for someone, there is a love project with your name on it. For someone, there are love paths you have never worked before. In fact, for someone, your level of love is not consistent with your status in church. For someone, you are poor in love. This has nothing to do with your temperament. It has nothing to do with your social status. It has nothing to do with wealth. It has everything to do with you letting the Holy Spirit strengthen you on the inside, in your inner man, and you understanding the dimensions. So for some people, all you know is the length of God's love, and you don't understand the breadth. For some people, you understand the length and breadth, the height, the width, the other dimensions are not there yet. Oh, wow. Okay. So this morning, we ask the Holy Spirit in the next you know, coming season. I don't know where in this message something touched your heart. Let's, we'll pray about it. Ever since I read 1 Samuel 16.1, I, I, I can't forget it. It says, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? The next phrase is what captured my attention. He says, fill your horn with oil and go. One translation says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. He says, I'm sending you to Jesse. And this is the story about finding David. But I love how Samuel is in between the last one which didn't work and cost him pain and shame because it's the prophet who said this was who God said. And the young man who he didn't know, but who God was calling and he says, how long will you stay in the middle of all this? Fill your horn with oil. And for us as New Testament believers, I take the liberty to use this as an analogy about how God wants to fill us with his spirit. To so look quite at that scripture, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let's pray this morning.
0: Um, our prayer is very simple.